So tonight, is, again, we're going to begin the series entitled Crash the Chatter Box. This is week one. If my memory serves me correct, I think there are six, there are six lessons or, or thoughts that we're going to explore uh, going forward. So Crash the Chatter Box. That's the video that we just watched. It, it, I mean, how many of us really, either, either willingly or reluctantly, how many of us recognize that there's that voice that always speaks to us in our head? Yeah, yeah, it's always there. It's always reminding us of some things that we thought that we would never remember again, or it's always reminding us of our past, most recent uh, poor choice, or, or you know, or when we stand in front of the mirror, it has us convinced that we still look the same as we did when we were twenty. Huh? You know, I'm still there, right? <clears throat> I mean, mirror, mirror on the wall, right? Who's the fairest of them all? Uh, but we're, we're, this lesson, week one, is whatever, whatever. And um, tonight, I'm gonna, we're going to start, we're going to talk about eight ways that you and I can identify the chatter that threatens, the chatter that threatens to derail our individual destinies. So let me start by this. How many of you truly believe in the depth of your spirit and your heart that God has a purpose destiny in you? Yeah. Absolutely, right? I believe that. God just didn't, you know, have, was bored and he just didn't say, you know, I'm just bored up here in, in, in this infinity world in which I live in. Let's see, what can I do? Oh, I know. Let's, uh, let me make some stuff, you know. And then God's like, oh, that's cool. What else can I do? Oh, let me make some people. What's people? Well, I don't know. It just come to me, God says, so let me try it. No, that's not it at all. God was not random. He was not just generically um, burning what we call time. Uh, he uh, created us for a genuine and specific purpose. Amen? And a lot of things lobby f against that. A lot of things fight to, to derail my individual destiny your individual destiny. And in the, if we zoom out on that thought just a little bit, what we, what we soon realize is that if the enemy of our, of our destiny, whatever that, that is, if it can attack and sabotage me personally, and it can do the same thing to each of us in this room, then collectively as a body of believers, as the church, you know, as this church here in this local church, if that happens because he's worked on us individually to the place where we really don't believe that we're designed and destined of God to do anything, then what happens is, is that, 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 that spreads abroad in us and then collectively we do not pursue our destinies that God has, has designed us to believe. To be and so, so it's very very important to me. I believe that we begin this this uh, series tonight by crushing the chatterbox in us that we that we identify these eight different things that threatens to to stop that purpose in our life. So the first one is call. Someone say call. call. It's a call or a response. Okay, and so <clears throat> I've I've talked and preached and and you've heard me say it many times with reference to the book of Genesis. And I love the book of Genesis. I love those first few chapters, especially in the what is called the creation chapters, the creation week. I think there's so much there that every time that I go back and revisit it, I find something else, something a little bit more. And it's incredible to me. But, but in Genesis, 
we know that our entire world started with something that God said. The Bible says, Genesis 1 and 1, in the beginning, God. And and when God spoke, we look throughout the entire creation chapters of Genesis, the the chapters that, that describe to us and tell us how God created the heavens and the earth and how that he created, obviously, humanity. It all, it all talks about how God said our entire world started with something that God said. So before we can effectively identify all the negativity, and can I just use this word, the lies of the enemy, we have to realize, guys, we have to realize that the, this fact, that our world, our world is a direct byproduct of what God said. In other words, our world is a direct byproduct of God speaking into it. Pretty cool, huh? So God spoke. He spoke it into existence, right? We all agree to that here tonight. We know that he did, Brother Josh. We understand it. And so I think, am I safe in assuming here tonight and believing that all of us also agree that God is always speaking? He's always talking to us. He's talking to us every single moment through creation. He's speaking to us through, through the Word of God, the Bible. He's speaking to us through the examples and applications of the principles of the Word of God. So God is constantly and continually speaking. Now, that is a given. Those are the things that we absolutely agree together on. However, it is on you and I. Look at your neighbor and say, it's on us. It's on us to choose what we actively hear and maybe more importantly, what we respond to. So God's always speaking. There's other voices speaking as well. We, it's on you and me. We have to choose what we hear, what we actively hear, and more importantly, what we respond to. Um, Someone said this. It said, it's what you respond to that determines your reality. I want that to sink in a little bit. You might want to jot that down on your notes. I'll say it again for you. It's what you respond to that determines your reality. It's what you respond to that determines your reality. I mean, guys, at the end of the day, I think we agree that God has given each of us, all of us, the ability to choose the voices we believe in and the voices we respond to. He's, ch- he's given us that ability. We choose. You choose tonight whether to listen to the voice, my voice. You choose tonight to do that. God's given us all that ability to, to make that decision. Now, here's what happens in our lives. We're talking about a call or a response. We're talking about the, the eight things that we're going to identify today that of chatter that, that threatens to derail our purpose. So, so the voices that we listen to and the voices that we respond to, you know what in fact we're doing? We are in fact giving credibility to those voices in our lives. Because we actively hear it and we respond to it, we are in fact saying, I be- this, this is in value to me, this is important to me, this voice means something in my life. And we shape our thoughts and we shape our actions based around that credible voice that we've given credibility to. 
and and those voices in our lives to determine they determine whether or not we are actually fulfilling our calling. So we, we, we just went scuba gear on us here on, on, on point one, didn't we? We just we just went deep right here in the beginning, but that's okay. That's okay. So so remember this the voices we give credibility to in our lives will determine whether or not we fulfill our calling. I want that to resonate with your mind and in your mind and with your spirit. So learning to deal with the various thoughts that come our way is the most important habit that you and I can form and it is the most important battle that we'll ever fight. Okay? So I think just, just for the sake of, uh, of reaffirmation here, how many of you know that we constantly deal with a variety of thoughts that filter in and out of our brains and our minds, right? I mean, and it's all over the map most of the time, isn't it? Some of them occur and go through our brain, and we're like, where in the name of good sense did that thought come from? Or I wasn't even thinking about, you know, going shopping, ladies, and all of a sudden... I had this overwhelming urge to go shop <laughs> or, or, you know, how many of you have gotten up from the lunch, lunch or dinner or breakfast table and you're like, my goodness, I'm so full. I can't eat another thing. Anybody ever said that? 30 minutes later, you're still full. I mean, scientifically, you're not hungry, right? And all of a sudden something happens and you're like, oh my gosh, that is, I'm starving. <laughs> that voice in your head came through and so there's uh, there's a variety of thoughts that come through our mind all the time during the day so what we have to do is we have to learn Matt we have to learn how to deal with those and more importantly we have to create a habit that can that, that, that we learn how to deal with those and it's a it's an important battle that we have to fight. So the number one thing to identify the chatter in the in the in the uh, in the, our mind is to recognize that God gave us the ability to hear and to decide which voices in our mind are credible. Which voices? Okay, that's that's the call. That's the response. Okay, so there's the all these voices are calling at us. They're all, they're all trying, and so the response is, is how we deal with those. All right. So the next one that I want to talk to you guys about is, is uh, enemy or, or in me. So <clears throat> there's a great, great, great theologian named Charles Spurgeon, and he said this once. He said, he said, beware of no man more than of yourself. We carry our worst enemies with us. Anybody, uh, what do you guys think? You think he was, he was pretty accurate in, in, that, in that assessment? Yeah. How many of you ever heard that sermon? I'm my worst enemy. Have anybody ever heard that? Has anyone ever said that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord, I'm my worst enemy. Yeah. I mean, Charles Spurgeon said, beware of no man more than, than your own self, you know, because, because you know, in fact, if you, can, if, you can, if you can keep yourself under control... You can govern yourself, and you pretty well got it got it whipped, right? You pretty well got got it under control. And so, there's Paul said. Let me give you a little scripture to back this thought up right here. Paul said, and I paraphrase the Apostle Paul in the Bible said that 
within him and within you and I are there these these two these this battle between the flesh and the spirit. And Paul said it's it happens all the time. It's continually happening all day, every day. It's happening. So there's this war, this war between the flesh and the spirit. It's constantly happening. And he says, I get up. And, and I'm thinking, then today I'm going to be the greatest Christian or the best Christian that I could possibly be. That's a great thought, right? That's a great goal. That's, that's something we should all aspire to do, to be the best example of Christ on this earth that we could possibly be, right? Paul, Paul's, that's what he's saying in the scripture. I'm paraphrasing. But Tiffany says, I get up and I'm going to be the best Christian ever. And he says, then I find myself doing the very opposite things that I said that I wasn't going to do, that I know really doesn't example Christ in the proper way. Paul says, so I've come to this conclusion that there's this war that's going on between between inside of me, between the good and the bad, right? And so so, so there's this, this ceaseless war of words. War of words. You might want to write that down. War of words inside of our hearts. Constantly, there's this war of words. Eat that donut. No, don't eat that donut. (laughs) Buy a super supreme large pizza. No, buy a salad. (laughs) Oh, the saga continues, right? (laughs) Drink a Dr. Pepper. No, drink water. <laughs> half of you just, I just lost half of you. You're like, okay, where's the Dr. Pepper? <laughs> There's this battle of words, this war of words that's constantly going on in our hearts and in our minds each and every day. Now, <clears throat> how many of you remember the little cartoon where there's a guy standing there, sitting there, and on one shoulder is... A little forked horn pitchfork devil, right? And on the other shoulder is this beautiful little winged angel, right? And one says, do this, do this, do this, and the, and the bad and the good. The angel says, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that, do that. And boom, 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 and back and forth. And he's sitting there and he's trying to listen. And he doesn't know which one he needs to, remit, uh, to pay attention to. I mean, ladies and gentlemen... Guys, listen, girls, listen, we do not have little devils and angels literally on our shoulders competing for our attention. I mean, it's really not that easy. Sorry. Sorry. He can't just like, okay, you're done. You know, you can't thump them off your shoulder and move on. No, you know what we're actually fighting, my brothers and sisters? We're fighting the enemy within us. We're fighting... Enemies that come from deep within ourselves, don't, aren't we? I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna really identify the chatter here and crush it and 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 and, and deal with it, then then we might as well just be transparently honest right now. We we've got to deal with those deep seated things and comments in our life, right? Right. So 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 um, um, let me let me. Um, I'm also recording tonight uh, and podcasting, so um, I'm going to kind of stay with it, then I'll open up for dialogue at the end. How's that sound? So we're dealing with the eight different things that threaten, the eight different types of chatter that threatens to derail our individual destinies. And uh, so we dealt with 
already the fact that we can choose which voice we want to listen to and give credit to. And now we've just spoke about uh, this, this ceaseless war of words within us and how that we, that we, we have to deal with that. So, so let's move on to the next one, which is dialogue. Dialogue. Yes, then. Okay, so think with me for a second, guys. If we all agree tonight that there's this chatter going on in our brains, right? In our hearts and minds. It's always constantly talking, right? So if all that the chatterbox did in us was put us in a bad mood, I mean, it really wouldn't be that big of a deal, right? If, if the worst that could come out of the chatter inside was that it put us in a bad mood, I mean, it would be, I wouldn't want to live in a bad mood forever, but at the end of the day, it's not, you know, but that's just not the worst thing that happens. But, you know, there's something that's, that's much, much deeper that's happening. And here it is. We are engaged. Would you say that word with me? Engaged. We are engaged in a battle, my friends, and here's what the battle is about. It's about our calling. We're, we're engaged in a battle for our calling that will determine our destiny. I'm going to say that again. It's worthy of note. We are engaged in a battle for our calling that will determine our destiny. So if the chatterbox just put us in a bad mood, ah, it wouldn't. Be, it would. I mean, that'd be. I mean, that's not a good day, right? It's a bad day because we're in a bad mood. But it's much deeper than that, guys, because because we are again engaged in a battle for our calling, and that calling determines our destiny. So what we have to do is we have to go back to the the first one. Remember, we have to, where we have the ability that God gave us that ability to decide which voice we want to hear and listen to. Which voice we want to give credit to? Say, now this is a voice that matters. That that belongs solely to you and I. No one else can determine that. Only you can. So we got to go back to that in this dialogue, and as it results, as it affects our destiny, we got to go back and then say, okay, so I've got all these voices that's going on, right? In in the midst of all those, also we have the continual, constant voice of God. God is always speaking to us. He's always reaching for us. He's speaking. So, so what we have to do is recognize, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've got like, you know, 25 voices in my head, whatever. And um, which one matters the most is the voice of God. So, so we have to choose to listen to the voice of God. Yeah. I mean, right. So, so let's just fairy tale this for a second. Because I know some of us at some point in our life really thought that that's what living for God was, was this, this sweet, beautiful fairy tale where we hover above the ground like three inches above earth and we never actually touched earth and we're in our little Christian bubble. Anybody with me? And we're, it's, it can't be penetrated. It can't, we can't be affected because, man, we are a child of God. Woo! Life is sweet and blissful and it's great and yay, yay, we are doing great. But, 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 ladies and gentlemen, we, it's not the way it is because there are voices in our lives and God has given us the ability to choose which one of those voices, Brother Dave, matters. 
You know what I'm saying? We can choose that. So all of us have had this, this, these, this amazing variety of different voices in our lifetime. Yeah? Some of them have been very helpful. Some have been very beneficial. But others have been very damaging, right? And even, 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 even very, very painful. But I, I, I have to share this with you because we won't get any further until we all agree to this. However, whether they were encouraging and beneficial voices or, or, or damaging voices, we, I, made the choice whether to listen to it or not. Now, I might have not known it at first. I might have been deceived or I might have been tricked, Right? But how many of you know when you, when, when you obey a voice or listen to a voice in your mind that you know after a little bit, it's probably not the right one to listen to? Huh? Come on. I mean, right? Yeah. We, we know that. We know that. And then what happens? What happens when that, that place takes Then we've got this whoo, paramount, paramount decision. We've got to decide if we really want to keep doing what we're doing or we want to, we want to correct that voice, put it aside, take devalue it in our life and place the value where it belongs in the voice of God. So that's where we're at. And a lot of times what happens is we begin to justify. Because remember that war that Paul, the apostle Paul talked about, the spirit and the flesh war? Because the flesh just enjoys it, right? We like it. And so we have to battle that mostly. But remember, because we have that choice, we need to choose to listen to God. Because when we listen to God, Guys, we gain life. Hmm? We gain life. We gain joy and happiness and peace and all those great things. But what happens when we listen to the wrong voices? Someone real quick. What happens? When we listen to God's voice, we're, we, we understand that His, His purpose in our life is to promote us down at the path for our destiny, right? So listen to God's voice equals purpose, destiny. Listen to wrong voices equals what? Destruction. Destruction, someone said. Right. We lose our destiny. So so that's that's really where it comes down to, right? In the dialogue that goes on in your brain. I mean, how many of you have talked to yourselves before? (laughs) How many of you have talked to yourselves out loud like I do? Yeah, I told you guys the other day, some of you weren't here in that study. I was in my office the other day, just a week or so ago, talking to myself out loud verbally with voice reflection and everything. I mean, I was, I was me, and then simultaneously, I was the person in, in whom I was speaking to. And I changed the voice just to keep it interesting for myself and I. And so I'm, I'm like talking in one voice and then, change, and then responding in a different voice. And, and then I'm, I, I can then have a mirror in front of me, but I can thank you, Sherry. Sherry's running her finger in circles around her ear. Uh, yeah. And so um, I didn't have a mirror to look in, but I guarantee you I was changing my facial expressions too. And the door opened and Lakin walks in and she goes, oh, uh, uh, and she just froze. She's like... Is he doing what I think he's doing? And I'm like, there's no way out of this. I'm going to have to admit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And being my daughter, she says, do I need to come back? Three's a crowd. I mean, just, 
<laughs> just saying. <laughs> you know, so we've all had these conversations, this dialogue within our own selves, right? But listen, guys, we've got to decide right now, is the voice that I'm giving credit to in my life, is it the voice of God? If it is, come what may, good or bad, tough or easy, if it's the voice of God, then guess what? It is pr- pr- promoting me down the path to my destiny. All right? So if we listen to the wrong voice, we lose destiny. I mean, let's go back to the beginning. In Genesis, we were talking about earlier, we're in the Garden of Eden. Okay, everybody with me? We're in the Garden of Eden right now. And guess what happened in the Garden of Eden? Eve's destiny changed when she responded to the voice of the serpent. Her destiny changed. Now here's something I want you to jot down under this, under this dialogue uh, spot. Guys, hear me. Make sure you hear this. The enemy can say anything that he wants. He can say anything he wants. He can say, yeah, 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 or this, 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 or yours, yeah, yeah. He can say whatever that he wants. A lot of people can't get that right here, can't, can't come to grips with that. He can, say, he can say anything he wants. Here's what you need to write past that. But say, make it personal, but I do not have to engage in it. The enemy can say anything he wants, but you don't have to engage in it. In it. Now, here's another truth. He can't do anything that he wants to do to you. He can't do that. If he, if he, could, if he had the power to, to physically do whatever he wants to do to us, then all of us would already be in heaven. Right? Because his, his, the Bible says of the enemy that he comes to what? Steal, kill, kill, and destroy. So it's very clear that if he could, he would kill us, still kill and destroy us. So he can't do anything to you. But what he can do is try to get you to accept and to engage and to listen and to act upon what he says. Okay? So what's our best strategy right here in this back and forth dialogue? as it applies and pertains to our destiny. What, what's our best strategy? It's very simply this. This is it. This is it. Our best strategy is to never engage in conversation with the chatterbox going on in our head. How do we do that? How do we do that? We begin to develop, going back, you remember the one before, uh, we have to develop a habit. We have to develop a habit. All right, so 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 far we've talked about the call and as it re- and our response to that. We talked about the enemy and how he works inside of us. We talked now just about the dialogue and how that it, that dialogue affects our destiny. So next, let's move on to deception. Someone say deception, deception, deception and uh, and distortion. Distortion is the key to deception. That's huge, guys. That's huge right there. Distortion is the key to deception. Distortion is the key to deception. 
I, I think with me for just a quick second. You know this this chatterbox. We're calling this this internal voice and all that stuff. This stuff that goes on. We're calling the chatterbox. This chatterbox in us. It's effective because because it's pretty it's pretty creative. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's pretty crafty, isn't it? I mean, that's why it's so effective. It's in, it's intriguing. It's alluring. It's it's like what what what. What? I do look like I'm 20. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's, 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 it comes at you with all this enticing thing, right? It comes at us. And so, so distortion, it's, it's the key to deception. And that's the ploy of the enemy is to distort the imagery of, what, of what's right and what's not right and, and, and get it to where it just kind of all looks the same. And then if it all kind of looks the same, guys, we're going to probably naturally go with the, the thing that sounds the most intriguing, right? I bet it kind of distorted anyways. I can't really tell what's what. It just, man, I just, man, that sounds good. So let me go with what sounds good. You see, no, the chatterbox is effective because it is crafty. And so the enemy doesn't lie outright to you. The enemy doesn't come to you and say, listen, man, you ought to do such and such. And it's going to kill you. But, I mean, it, it, it will kill you. It's like straight up kill you. But, but you should do it anyways. <laughs> I mean, if the enemy come at us and said that, would you, if the chatter in your head was like, you should do this, you're probably going to die in like 30 minutes, but do it. Most would be like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. So, so the enemy, the chatter in us, he, he doesn't just come right out and just lie. But what he does is he distorts the partial, the truth. He distorts it into partial truth. He gives us a little bit of truth with a lot of not truth. And that's what, that's what the serpent did to, to Eve in the garden. What he did was he, he said, he said, why don't you eat of this and, and this tree? And, and, and Eve said, man... I, we can't do that because, because God said that if we do that, you know that, that we will surely die. Well, well, Eve misquoted what God said, and and the enemy knew exactly what God said, and so he saw this is my spot, this is my angle, this is what I can do because she hasn't she hasn't got the full word of God in, settled into her spirit that she knows without fail it's what it is. That's why the Bible says by the truth and sell it not. That's why the scripture teaches us that we are to ingest the word of God. Why? So we can digest it into our lives. That's important. And so when when the enemy realized that Eve wasn't paying attention in class, so to speak, he began to fill her mind with chatter that was distorting the truth. Until she said, you know, that sounds real. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, that's that. That's that's pretty much what he said. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I thought maybe there might have been. You know, that's usually when you when you hear that in your conversations, then you realize, ah, oh, we're being we're we're being we're being we're taking the bait a little bit, and that's what he did. He he distorted the truth. Deception. 
is a result more often than not of distortion. Okay? Everybody good? Very good. Okay, let's move on real quick. So premise is the next one and promise. So <clears throat> how many remember in the scripture when Jesus uh, went, went into the wilderness? He went into the wilderness 40 days, right? And he, as he was in there, the Bible says that Jesus was tempted by the devil, wasn't he? He was tempted in a variety of ways by the devil in the wilderness. Remember, remember one time Jesus was on this extended fast. Y'all remember that? He and um, and so the devil tried to tempt him with food, right? And but what did Jesus? How did Jesus respond to that? Someone say it again for me. It is written. Jesus said, "It is written that man should not live by bread alone." But by every word that word that proceeded out of the mouth of God, so 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 all of a sudden, um, Jesus, watch this. Jesus had preloaded his mind with the truth. What would happen if we get up in the morning and say, "I'm gonna I'm gonna download, I'm gonna preload my brain today with the truths of the Word of God. I'm gonna revisit them right now. I'm gonna spend the next fifteen minutes." Or if, I, if you commute to work, if you've got a drive or whatever, I'm going to spend the, that time preloading my brain and my actions for the day. Because Jesus was hungry, but his hunger didn't supersede what he had downloaded into his brain. You understand what I'm saying? And so we might be uh, spiritually hungry or fatigued. But if we will get to the place where like Jesus did when we, when we preload the promises of God in us, Jesus built his life on those promises and we are afforded that very exact same privilege. We can build our lives on the promises of God. As a matter of fact, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to build our life, every step of our life on the promises of God. The Bible says about the promises of God, they're not some, 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 some illusion in, your, in, in the far out space of your life. The Bible says that the promises of God are, and I quote the scripture, yes and amen. Wow, that's very final. That's very definitive. It's yes and amen. Amen is like the exclamation point behind it. And so, so that's what we need to remember is that, is that Jesus, Jesus com- combated all of the chatter that was going on by the enemy, by the devil, by saying, someone said it a while ago, it is written. Jesus was saying, well, wait a minute, the word says. And so what, how do we do it? How should we do it in our daily lives, right? First thing we need to do is stop and don't just do the, um, um, you know, your iPhone software updates. I mean, right, when, when we, get the little, we get the little alert, the little red one jumps up there on our iPhones or your phones and, you see, and it says there's an update available, what do we all do? You put it to the side for a little while, right? You're just like, oh, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. And then things start glitching a little bit in your phone. It starts slowing down a little bit. And you see that one red one says update there. And then, and then you say, okay, well, I probably ought to update this thing, you know, if I want it to operate properly. 
So what would happen if we get up in the morning times and say, okay, okay, God, go ahead and update, update my brain today. Go ahead and update me in the spirit. Get me, get me up, rolling, ready to go. Because the, the updates of God are not like Apple updates. There are no glitches in the updates, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so if we'll do that, pre, preload ourselves, we can say during the course of the day, when the, when the enemy says, hey, man, you ought to do this. Well, God already forgave you of, of that habit, right? God already delivered you maybe, or God already set you free from, from that vice, or God already gave you the strength to jump that hurdle. You with me? And the enemy, he can say whatever he wants, remember? He can say whatever he wants. He, it doesn't matter. He can say it. And the enemy says, well, hey, man, you should do da-da-da-da-da. Preload. It is written. That I have been forgiven. I've been set free. I've been delivered. More power is in me than, than in you. Get thee behind me, Satan. That's how it works. That's how it works. That's how it works. That's how it works, ladies and gentlemen. So so we want to we want to we want to remember that. The chatter, even though it gets loud, we gotta remember to say it. And I'm gonna tell you, when do you guys think the chatter in your brain gets the loudest? When we're the weakest, right? When we're the weakest, the chatter just really gets super loud in our brains. And so <clears throat> we don't need, never let the enemy define the premise of our perspective. We need to ground our perspective in the promises of God. Okay? All right? Everybody good? Everybody good? So I'm going to move right along to the next one, which is consume or consume. Okay, here's something you might want to write down. You probably know this, but it's been, it may be a bad idea to write it. The thoughts that we consume, the thoughts that we consume will in turn consume us. The thoughts that we consume will in turn consume us. Consume us. I mean, I, 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 that's the truth right there. You know what? Hey, and you know what the devil does? Watch this. Watch this. Un, this this crafty, evil craftiness. If I could use those two words together, watch what he does. He uses an an infallible set order of God for mankind. He uses it and twists it to manipulate something good to make something bad in our lives, right? Because and that's and 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 that's thoughts. Because the apostle Paul said, he 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 lists some things, and then he said, if there be any virtue, if there be any good in any of the things of the Word of God, if there be any good in any of the promises of the Word of God, the apostle Paul said, think on these. Things. So the enemy's like, okay, okay. God set this thing into order, and it cannot be. It can't. It can't be. You know, it can't not quit, stop. It's going to continue, and that's the thought process in man. It's just constant. And Paul's like, it's a good thing because if there's virtue in the word, if there's virtue in the promises of God, if there's virtue in relationship with God, think on these things. And the enemy's like. Oh, wait a minute, I'm going to jump on this wagon and I'm going to fill their thoughts with all kinds of stuff that are not wholesome, that are not good, that, that, that do not promote their destiny. So that's why we've got to recognize 
The enemy is a deceiver. And we have to make sure that the chatter that's going on in our head, we listen to the voice that matters, right? Because the thoughts we consume will in turn consume us. So what do we do? What do we do? It's just like it's like going to the gym, right? It's just like it's like the disciplines. We 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 start training our mind to 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 feast, if you will, on the promises of God. We start training our mind to 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 memorize scriptures, phrases, sentences, words in the Bible. Hmm. <clears throat> this is this is something I do. Uh, I don't do it all the time, but I uh, probably should do it more, but I do do it periodically. I, uh, I, I do this little, this little memory, word memory thing in my brain. <clears throat> I, try to, I try to benchmark a, a, a verse of scripture or a word in the Bible for words that, that, are, just, that are just normal, everyday words. Does that make sense? In other words, in other words, I want to, I want to, I, I need to make sure that I'm, my brain, I'm trying my best to keep my brain balanced, and sometimes it tilts to one way or the other, and I realize that I'm not feeding my brain more of the Bible as much as it needs, and so, but the world and the enemy is constantly feeding it the stuff that it doesn't need, right? So I need to, I need to balance that up and and get the scale tilted in the proper direction, and so I start, I start recalling and start trying to put together words of the Bible and, and, ministry, and scriptures and thoughts in my brain and so I can combat that stuff that's, that's just swirling around me, all those other voices. Now, am I perfect? Absolutely not. <laughs> Paul's was intentional, sorry. Uh, <clears throat> but I, I realize, and I fail. I fail at it a lot. I really do. But I realize that, man, if I would have just spent a little bit more time just... just just writing off some 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 scripture and some words of God while this other thought was going through my head, I can tell you what would have happened. The spirit in me, the spirit of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit in me would have bore witness with the word of God. That's what the Bible says, that his spirit will bear witness with our spirit. And so what happens is, is, is all of a sudden, that voice that I was listening to, it just gets drowned out by the, by, the, by the connection and the synergy that's happening between my spirit and the Word of God that I'm, that I'm, I'm, I'm speaking. And y'all guys, I've told, about, told you about this, and it, it's funny, right? Sometimes I start quoting scriptures, and I'll have, I'll have a half a verse from Peter and a half a verse from, Saint, from 2 Timothy, right? But man, they sound good together, so I just put them together. I'm just, I'm just, I, you know what's happening right there? I'm like, ooh, I need some word. I need some Bible. I need some spirit. I need to get this going on in my head because there's other chatter going on. So, so again, the thoughts we consume will in turn consume us. So how about this? How about you leave here today and you think about in the morning when you get up, you think about the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the power of God, the mercy of God, the grace of God, the unmerited favor of God, the strength of God, the joy of God, the peace of God, the happiness of God, the long suffering that we get from being with God, the patience that God gives us. 
Man, there's no room for any other chatter already, huh? I'm, I'm, I'm just whoosh, 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 filling it up. Be consumed with that. And eat, eat from that kind of a table. Because there's another table out there that we, that's readily available. I mean, 24-7, the buffet's out. That's the table of fear and anxiety. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Woo, Lord have mercy. I mean, we can belly up to the fear and anxiety table, and before we know it, we have made multiple trips to the buffet. Yeah? <clears throat> Let me ask you guys something. Do you guys believe, scientifically, it's been proven, I just want to know if you agree with it, that, that stress and anxiety and fear has, a, has a, an adverse effect on your physical body? Yes. Now, my hand's up higher than the rest of you because I am the number one among us. Sometimes, you know, what you do or what I do, maybe, maybe, maybe if, if, you know, we find ourselves in those kinds of situations with anxiety or stress, whatever, but it affects our body, right? So we, we, we get to a place and we go to the hospital or we go to the doctor, right? They pull pull blood and they run run the tests and it comes back and says, well, well, you got this, this and this and this and this and and you need to, you know, you you gotta you gotta do this, this and this and this and and, and so I'm gonna give you you know 57 different types of medicine for you to take. Now I'm not I'm not saying that you should go home and disregard all the medicine that the doctor's giving you. What I am telling you is that might be good if we tried some dosage of the Word of God. Huh? All right. Good way to start. Create a clean heart in me, O God. Renew a right spirit about me. Wash all my misconduct, my, my wrong thoughts. Wash everything that I have away that's not pleasing to you, God. Now there's an empty spot there, right? Did you get that? Right? There's a void there. Remember that scripture? Jesus gave us this beautiful parable. And I'm, I'm hurrying. I'm almost done. Oh, gosh. I want to tell you the parable. Real quick. Jesus, Jesus said, remember we talked about the house where there was an evil spirit in it? And he came in and cleaned it all up. And it was now, the Bible says, and I quote the King James Version, clean, swept, and garnished. Remember that? And, but it was empty. Remember that evil spirit went out into the wilderness, whatever, got back six more and seven spirits came back and found. The Bible says they found the house clean, swept, garnished, but it wasn't occupied. So they moved back in. I tell people all the time, the devil is not afraid of a clean house. So don't, so, so, so don't just go through the motions of living for God. Don't just stop at repentance. But be filled. Be filled. All right? All right, detection defense. I'm going to go real quick. I'm going to go real quick on the last two. Deception is only effective as long as it is undetected. That's something you ought to jot down. Deception is only effective as long as it's undetected. So the first step, the first step to being changed is to define to define the untruth in your in your mind. Right? 
If it doesn't, if it doesn't benchmark properly against the Word of God, if it doesn't align itself with the Word of God, then most likely it is an untruth. Define it for what it is. Get on the defense. Detect it. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not, that's not, that's not scriptural. That's not, that's not an attribute of God. What am I doing? I'm detecting, right? Now I'm going to be on the defense. Now I'm going to make the, 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 the conscious effort to remove that, all right? And finally, whatever, whatever. At the end of the day, guys, we can't stop the chatter, the negative chatter, but we can block it with the Word of God, right? We can block it with the Word of God. He put on uh, the Spirit of God. I, I want you guys to think of it this way. The Spirit of God puts on a pair of sound counseling best money can buy headphones. Hmm? In other words, you know, that, that's a big thing right now, right? Everybody wants those headphones. When you put them on, have you noticed that? Everything else disappears. The world, the chatter, the noise around you. Ladies and gentlemen, don't think it's strange that this is a deep desire of the world today is to quieten the chatter. Make no mistake about it. It isn't, it isn't just some, some freak happenstance. It is, it is an innate desire within the human body, human mind, to clear the stuff out for clarity and peace of mind. And people try to do anything and everything they can. They buy the best Beats headphones. They, they buy whatever. They put them on and then they, then they do something else. They, they start putting certain stuff, whether it's from the latest self-help guru or it's the latest version of the song that they like. Nothing wrong with either of those. But at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, it is because there's this overwhelming desire to shut the chatterbox down in our lives. Everybody. Not just you and I who are striving to live for God, but everybody. So what we do, we have to, we have to block the negative chatter with the Word of God. Put on God's headphones. Turn on God's music. Turn on God's Word in your head. And listen to that, and you will drown out that chatter in your life. Somebody say amen.